this be one of the best moments of your life. You're listening to the Business Mirror Podcast for a broader look on business with Senior Editor Dennis Estopase. Good day. Welcome to the Business Mirror BM Broader Look Podcast. Today, for the global celebration of Earth Day, we podcast the Broader Look story titled Amid Pandemic, Insurers Grapple with Carbon Asset Risks. The story was written by Business Mirror reporter Bernadette Nicolas. It was published on April 15, 2021. For the text version online, please go to the Business Mirror website and search for Broderlook. For the print edition, please read the Business Mirror newspaper. Let's get on with the story. Nearly five years ago in Wulong, Chongqing, China, Mauricio Zavata achieved a world record for the highest blindfolded tightrope walk at 698 feet and 1.9 inches. Many economies relying on fossil fuel and companies supplying the power using fossil fuel have been doing that since 2015. It was the year more than 70 countries committed to cut greenhouse gas emissions or GHG to net zero by 2050. For more than a decade, it's been a tightrope walk between supplying power and keeping infidelity to that goal. But while the Philippines may not be one of the largest carbon-emitting countries in the world, it is known to be one of the most vulnerable countries to the impact of GHG emissions on sustainable development. Despite this, the Philippines has yet to finalize its commitment in cutting GHG emissions after it became a signatory to the Paris Agreement. Nonetheless, the Philippines has set a higher ambition of cutting these emissions by 75% by the year 2030 based on the latest text of the country's Nationally Determined Contributions, or NDC, that it submitted in accordance with Decisions 1-CP.19 and 1-CP.20 of the Conference of Parties of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. Many countries such as Japan, China, and Korea have already pledged to go carbon neutral in a few decades, and global insurance giants are becoming a driving force to help the global business community cut carbon emissions by phasing out the underwriting of carbon assets. Independent advisory firm John Ford CEO Andrew Slevin told the business mirror that insurers are playing behind-the-scenes role by raising insurance premiums in carbon assets, such as oil and gas infrastructure, or in some cases, refuse to insure them at all. Over the last decade, Mr. Slevin said the cost of operating and underwriting the risk of carbon-producing traditional energy infrastructure has been less lucrative to insurers, prompting the shift to insuring low-carbon alternatives. According to Mr. Slevin, what's happening now is that the market for non-renewable energy infrastructure is entering a longer-term hard phase in which Fewer insurers are willing to underwrite the risk on these carbon-producing assets and, as a result, insurance policy coverage is increasing in price or coming with increased conditions attached. According to Mr. Slevin, this is the opposite of a soft market in which competition to underwrite risk, 
such as for wind turbines or solar panels, is high and energy companies can therefore benefit from lower insurance premiums on that infrastructure. Mr. Slevin cited, for instance, global reinsurance firm SwissRe has introduced policies pledging not to provide insurance policies to businesses with more than 30% exposure to thermal coal utilities or mining. The company has also announced that by the year 2023, they will no longer provide individual insurance cover for the world's 10% most carbon-intensive oil and gas production companies. In a statement last March, the insurer said, Another measure it has implemented is the aspirational and new framework to engage with companies in the equity portfolio. This includes taking an active dialogue with them to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, Swiss Re said. Apart from Swiss Re, several major financiers and insurers have also announced plans to diversify their investments away from coal and carbon-based fuel assets. Mr. Slevin said that over the last 12 or 18 months, premiums across property damage policies within the downstream oil and gas sector have been going up on renewals significantly for some by 5% to 10%, but for many operators by 30% to 40%. According to Mr. Slevin, this has disproportionately impacted poorly managed oil and gas facilities, including in markets such as the Philippines, that have high claims ratios or that do not have detailed risk management processes and procedures. According to Mr. Slevin, the alternative for them is to decommission assets early or self-insure, especially with older facilities. In Asia and the Philippines, green underwriting or insuring risk of green assets like renewable energy infrastructure is a growing market opportunity. Citing information from Climate Action Tracker, Mr. Slevin said the Philippines is implementing its ambitious Paris Agreement targets as the first country in the Southeast Asian region to set a moratorium on new coal and is implementing several measures to support renewables. These actions will halt emissions growth and potentially curb the Philippines' emissions by up to 35% below current policy projections in the year 2030. However, the current reality is that the Philippines is not yet on track to achieve this target as emissions continue to increase, according to the Climate Action Tracker. Mr. Slevin said, although it is likely for insurers in the Philippines to similarly be raising premiums on carbon-producing assets, local non-life insurers have yet to put this into practice. However, unlike the global insurance giants, Non-life insurers in the Philippines are not yet phasing out the underwriting of carbon assets as Philippine Insurers and Reinsurers Association Executive Director Michael Reliosa said, doing so may hurt their premium incomes. Mr. Reliosa said it would not be easy for non-life insurers to make the shift and phase out carbon-producing assets, especially at this time when the industry is still recovering from the financial impact because of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is on top of the pressure for them to meet the capital buildup and net worth requirements under the amended insurance code. Under the law, new insurance industry players are required to have 1 billion pesos in paid-up capital, while existing insurance companies doing business in the Philippines 
need to meet the minimum net worth requirement of 1.3 billion pesos by December 2022. Still, Mr. Reliosa expressed confidence that the industry will follow the footsteps of the global insurance giants to phase out carbon-producing assets in their portfolio, but he pointed out it would be difficult to say when this would happen. This, as Mr. Reliosa pointed out, that non-life insurers have already started realizing that the adverse effects of climate change could also hurt the income of the industry since super typhoon Yolanda hit the country in the year 2013. Mr. Reliosa said that it's only in the last five years to eight years or specifically when Typhoon Haiyan or Gerlanda struck the country that insurance companies became more conscious about the impact of climate change to their bottom line. This is the first experience they saw that there's an effect, Mr. Reliosa said. For the year 2013 alone, the non-life insurance industry incurred a whopping loss ratio for typhoon insurance of negative 21,832.65% based on the insurance commission data given by the PIRA to the business mirror. Loss ratio represents the ratio of losses to premiums earned. Losses include paid insurance claims and adjustment expenses. From the years 2011 to 2017, the non-life insurance industry posted a total loss ratio for typhoon insurance of 268.49% after its losses amounted to 3.896 million, more than twice as large as its premiums earned at 1.45 million. For the same period, the industry's total loss ratio for flood insurance reach 130.4% while the industry clocked a total loss ratio of 33.09% for earthquake, fire, and or shock insurance. Obviously, climate change has a big effect on the way humans live and work, and the insurance industry is starting to understand that. But locally, the Philippines is still lagging behind, Mr. Reliosa said. But the association is doing everything it can to drum up awareness of this to most of their member companies, Mr. Reliosa added. While local non-life insurance industry has yet to follow the global giants on phasing out carbon assets, PIRA is one of the two signatories in the Philippines in the global campaign to promote environment-friendly practices in the insurance industry. Mr. Reliosa said they are also still working on their plan to implement a Philippine Catastrophe Insurance Facility to increase the country's financial resilience against natural disasters. Apart from this, Mr. Reliosa said PIRA is supporting the World Wildlife Fund and the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, or UNESCO, to promote World Heritage Sites. Mr. Reliosa said the association is also working with Earth Security Group to protect coastal ecosystems, which include mangrove forests, seagrass meadows, and coral reefs in a bid to prevent the detrimental effects of storm surges just like what happened in the year 2013. Insurance Commissioner Dennis Funa told the Business Mirror that the insurance industry is one of the leading investors in green bonds in the country. According to Commissioner Funa, the Insurance Commission issued Circular Letter 2019-19 allowing insurers to invest in environmental and solid waste management-related facilities such as, but not limited to, collection equipment, composting plants, 
landfill and tidal barriers, among others, and climate change mitigation and adaptation infrastructure projects and related facilities. In a copy of his yet-to-be-published book emailed to the Business Mirror, Commissioner Funa said the Insurance Commission in 2019 approved requests related to green bonds. Commissioner Funa also underscored the country's need for green finance to fight climate change while calling for more expenditures targeting sustainable development. This, Commissioner Funa said, shifts away from greenhouse gas, fossil fuel, carbon emissions, and natural resource-intensive industries. Climate change is the great challenge of our time, Commissioner Funa said. The Philippines is vulnerable to this challenge, with numerous typhoons devastating the country every year, Commissioner Funa added. Philippine Life Insurance Association Incorporated President Benedict Sison said, There is neither an industry-wide nor an association-level set of initiatives to support the transition to low-carbon economy. However, Mr. Sison said, multinational life insurance companies are driven by either their regional or group offices or their multinational bank assurance partners towards ESG objectives or the environmental, social, and corporate governance objectives. Mr. Sison, who is also the CEO of Sun Life Philippines, also expects the insurance industry would be more deliberate in including more ESG practices in their plans. Nonetheless, Mr. Slevin believes phasing out the underwriting of carbon assets is the way to go, as this would benefit the insurer and the insured in the long run. By insurers underwriting more risk on more green assets, such as renewable energy infrastructure, for example, wind turbines, solar panels, hydrogen, etc., asset owners will over time benefit from lower premiums. Mr. Slevin said that as insurers shift to green assets, they will attract more capital, better meet staff expectations on ESG, and be more attractive for investment as the sector continues to enjoy rapid growth. Mr. Slevin also recognizes that companies may also be worried that early decommissioning of infrastructure will represent a significant impact on their balance sheets. But before companies take out insurance on their green assets, Mr. Slevin said they should first have comprehensive valuations done by an independent firm to ensure sums insured are correct. Given the speed at which green energy infrastructure is developing and costs are changing, it is important to check that current reinstatement cost estimates are up-to-date, Mr. Slevin said. For Mr. Slevin, this is an obligation on the asset owner rather than on the insurer or broker, and is important in the event of a loss where there may be a dispute with the insurer on the asset's value, which could result in a lower payout for the asset owner. Thank you for listening to the Business Mirror Podcast. For a broader look on business, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Business Mirror. Until next time.